Jesus and make God and give God a shout. Celebrate Jesus, somebody. You can sit down for me. Let them lie down like this. Yes. Amen. Let me show you something in the Bible. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. Hey, why am I even going to sit? I'm confused. Here. Okay. Uh, okay. If it's here, they are familiar. Romans chapter 1, verse. Verse what? 8. Are you there? If you are there, say I'm there. I shall not miss away. I'm the ambassador. I want to answer that. I want to answer. First, do you see first there? I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken throughout the whole world. Is it in your Bible the way I'm reading it? So Paul is writing a letter to church, not even a church, believers that are in Rome. People who have come to believe in Jesus Christ who are in Rome. Rome is a, was a, a, a city and Paul is telling them that I thank my God that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Throughout the whole world. Do you see that? Is it there? Verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without season, I make mention of you always in my prayer. Paul is calling God to his witness that through the gospel of his son, he's saying that the gospel is a message about the son of God. The gospel of the kingdom is the message about the son of God. The gospel of the kingdom is not a message about money. It's not a message even about the poor. It's not a message about Pharisees. It's not a message about Buddha. Are you with me? The gospel is what? A message about the son of God. Somebody say the son of God. Are you following me? Because the way you are looking at me, I feel like some of you are not following me at all. Or maybe my belt, my zip is, is open. <laughs> have I told you the story of the man of God who was preaching and his zip was open and the whole church everyone was like hey suppose zip I'll be a preacher also me and my preacher preacher be and you did be and you I'm anointing yet I take off I feel your preacher do be two hours time or more almost sending a note or so for zip night and I'll be also Amen. Verse 10. He's talking about the fact that he makes, he, he doesn't cease mentioning them in prayer. So as an apostle or as a man of God, our duty must be to mention people in prayer. Mention people in prayer. That's why we pray for believers. 
Are you with me? That's how we intercede for believers. We mention their names. Lord, I'm praying for Ega. Praying for the Wenchi Church. I'm praying, I pray, I say, Lord, pray for the Wenchi Church. In the name of Jesus. Then, that's what Paul is saying. He said, I do not cease mentioning you in prayer. And that's a sign of a good pastor. And that is a sign of a good leader. Verse 10. Making requests. He's saying that while I'm praying for you, I'm also making requests. If by any means now at length, I might, I must, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Because Paul is going on his travels. And Paul is saying that I am praying that God may prosper me so that I may be able to come unto you. So he's praying for prosperity in terms of the advancement of the kingdom. And he's praying for prosperity in terms of finances so that he can pay for his transport and be able to go to Rome. Because Rome, he needed to be able, because while he's traveling, he's feeding himself. And maybe if he's traveling one or two people, maybe a Mac, or he's traveling with a, a, a Luke, he may have to take care of them and all of that. So he's saying that I'm praying that God will grant me prosperity so that I can come to you. This tells us that the gospel of Jesus Christ goes with prosperity. Without prosperity, we cannot do much for the kingdom. Without prosperity, we cannot do much for God. Are you here? Hey, are you with me? Mm. Guess what? Usually, some people are not used to exposition. Now, you must look at how I do things and learn. This is what we call true Bible teaching. This is called exposition. You are explaining the Bible verse by verse. You must learn it. That's what I'm doing. Verse 11. For I long to see you. I long to see you means it's not like long in terms of a hour. It simply means I am hungry to see you. I am, I am, I am zealous. I wish to see you. Or he's saying that I, I, I desire to see you. Okay? Yes. Is this not the part where he said that I might impart into you some spiritual gifts? But I can't see the verse. Which verse is that? Aha. Uh -huh. For I long to see you. Aha, uh -huh, there it is. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Some people say the spiritual gift he's talking about here is salvation. No. It's not salvation. The reason it's not salvation is because up there he has already talked about their faith, that they are saved. Are you with me? And we've already learned in a few weeks that Paul, when he's talking about spiritual gift, he's talking more about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? The, the manifestations of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it tells Peter in first Peter, uh, yes, Peter, it tells Timothy in first Timothy that by the laying, he should stir up the gifts of God that are within him by the laying none of his hands. So Paul is saying, I long to come that I may impart in word, impart by the laying on of hands, impart by preaching, impart by prayer, some spiritual gifts. Are you with me? So like I'm teaching you right now, I'm, I'm imparting a spiritual gift of teaching the Bible. And sometimes when I'm laying hands, I'm imparting gifts. Are you with me? And Paul is telling his church, or his followers, or his sons and daughters, that he has never met them. You must know that they, when he was writing this letter, he had never met them. 
this is how powerful the gospel is. Oh. Eh? That you, you can have followers in cities that, that you have never met. <laughs> and Paul is, Paul is a crazy man. Don't you think so? He's writing a letter to people he has never met them. And he, I tell you, <laughs> wow, it's powerful. It's not powerful. You see that the things I'm saying, eh, I'm saying them because I want you to know. Know these things. I want you to what? I want you to know these things. Know them. Because God has sent me to raise a group of people. He said, Micah, gather my people. I want to speak to them. Are you with me? Another spoke to me and said, I want you to raise prophets. Another time the Lord spoke to you and said, I want you to raise teachers of my word. I want you to raise theologians. So, we, 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 we will have to keep learning these things because so that when you stand somewhere, you can be able to teach like a Christian. I follow what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Because most people can't even, de- like last month I was teaching on tongues. Many pastors can't defend tongues. They can't defend it with the Bible. They only say, oh, it's the grace of God, it's the gift. They can't defend because they... they, they a lot of people have not studied much. I listen to what I'm saying. Yes. Because I'm a prophet and when I talk to you, you should listen. So, every time you come, you must come to come and learn something. And, and, and if you live with me for two years, by the time the two years is over, you should be able to have something to boast about. Some kind of knowledge to boast about about the kingdom. So what I'm teaching is very important to me. And I want you to to pay attention to it. Let's continue. Why now people have always asked me how I'm able to interpret the Bible, especially when I'm teaching, realize that I'll get somewhere and say why? Then I'll get to for what reason? Then all those things. After reading the Bible over and over again, when you am reading it, I can tell how the author is thinking. Now, when you are studying the Bible, decide to put your head inside the mind of the author. We are doing Romans chapter what? 1, verse 9 to 19, or 10 to 19, whatever. Mr. Linda, you're welcome. Please, you can sit here for me, behind this chair. Yes, that's where Papa was sitting. Papa will sit in front of you. Amen. We are doing a short exposition on the, the book of Romans chapter 1. Where are we? Verse 11. Verse 11. I know. Verse 11 is saying that I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift that to the end he may be established. Why is he zealous to impart unto them spiritual gifts? He says it to the end. Do you see that? So when you're studying the Bible, you should be asking questions. Why? He has already two. He's telling us that the reason I want you to be able to manifest the gifts of the Spirit is so that you can be established. What is the lesson there? The lesson there is that if we are not endowed with the power of the Holy Ghost, we are not truly established. We are not truly established. Are you with me? Without spiritual gifts, we are not established. We are not real Christians without spiritual gifts. 
So it is easy for somebody to drift again into the world if they are not imparted with spiritual gifts. It's easy. What may be your, the proof of your Christianity if you are not imparted with spiritual gifts? You don't hear the voice of God. Are you a Christian if you don't hear your father's voice? Are you listening to what I'm saying? You can't be led by the Holy Spirit. Are you a Christian if you can't be led by the Holy Spirit? Are you a Christian if you can't discern between the voice of God and between the voice of a man? Are you a Christian if you can't discern? Sometimes when I'm chatting with people and they are lying to me, I just know. While they are chatting, as soon as they start, I hear the Holy Ghost. They are lying. And sometimes I just try to blend in. I just try to blend in. I just behave like I see, but I'm not aware. Are you with me? That you may be established. Somebody told me some time ago that you have not been called as a prophet. God said you are an evangelist. If I had listened to the person, I would be here today. That's what Paul is saying, you know, that you may be established without the gifts of the spirit, without true development. You can't be established. Any blow you, you can't meet a fittest on the road. Tell you that you know what you will never have children immediately. You start believe you believe anything that you hear because you have not been what established. And Paul is saying that I want to impart into you some spiritual gifts to the end. To what end? The end. The reason I want you to be impacted with spiritual gifts, the end of it is that you may be established. Somebody say established. You know what established means? It means to build, the, the word there in the Greek is like to build a building and it. Okay? And, and do um, sword cutting. That's the word they established. The established there is, uh, it's a word, that's the word there. And the Holy Ghost began to now open the whole story. And I respect the man of God that sent me the message because just last week, younger is so he was here. So I didn't want to create really issues and tell him that he's, he's lying. I don't want, me. I'm not that kind of person. So I just said, it is well. I just told him it is well. That's why I said, I, I just told him it is well. Some time ago, when my hometown was on Facebook, they used to pick me and prophesy and mention my hometown. So I went and deleted it. Very soon, I'll delete my name as well. So easy to prophesy, you have to go to Facebook. Huh? That you may be established. you may be established. Next verse, right? I hope you have seen that. He said that you may be established. Then that is. That is, is when you use that is, he's trying to say, let me say it again so that you understand. Do you understand? He's trying to explain it better. He's saying that. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. So I want to be comforted. To know that, Charlie, I'm not the only one who can prophesy. I'm not the only one who can lay hands on the sick. I'm not the only one who can heal asthma, heal diabetes. I'm not the only one who can raise the dead. You people can also raise the dead. And personally, I have loved it. The reason why I love to teach more is because I just love the idea of having people 
do be able to do the things that I do. Like I love it personally. I, I'm not one of you who loves monopoly. I love it when people can do the things I do. I with me. I've been around men of God, and they tell, we are marvel at how you prophesy with simplicity. I say, yeah, it's my brand. But I also when I'm with, I know many prophets that are doing well, and many men of God that. I showed them, oh, it's this way. It's the, this is how it is done. I said, me, why? The reason I can just start prophesying, like the way I'm talking, I can just start prophesying. I don't need to lead prayer and then I start prophesying. It's not like I'm too special, but I have learned it. Like I've, I've learned it over time. <laughs> and I just don't enjoy it to find out that I'm, only, I'm the only guy who can prophesy. You see that? Hey, Sister Linda, you also had the program, eh? The Facebook prophets. You knew, eh? But some people didn't know. It's so bad. Okay. Let's go and read what Paul is saying, you know. <laughs> Verse 13. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Whenever you see now, it means he's starting something new or he's about to talk about something um, different or he, now, okay? So, he has ended the first conversation. He's about to... Or sometimes you may see... Okay, let's continue. Now, I would not have you ignorant. Ignorant means to not have knowledge. Brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you but was left hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles. He's saying that, you know what? I've always been trying to get to you but Charlie, withheld because of one or two reasons. Because God wants me to observe and see you bear certain kinds of fruit before I come so that I can have joy with you. Verse, where are we? Verse 4, he says, I am, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, but to the wise, both to the wise and to the unwise. Here he's talking about the fact that God has called him as an apostle and he owes them, he owes those people the gospel. And that is the lesson we must also learn, that we owe the world the gospel. We owe our families the gospel. Owe money. He's not saying, I'm a debtor of money. He's simply saying that, I, I feel like some people must hear the gospel. He say Greeks and barbarians. He's simply talking about Gentiles, unbelievers. He is saying it here because Paul said that his ministry was to what? Gentiles. So if God has called me, for instance, God has called me to teach more. To teach. So I, I see the need that the more I find out that people don't know, the more I, feel, I find out that it's my fault. That's me. When I find out that people don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm the reason why they don't know, even though it may not be so. And that's exactly what Paul is. Paul is saying that I owe them because God has called them to go and help them. You are aware that HIV doesn't have a cure. I hope you are aware of that. Now, think about it that Edgar, you have the cure of HIV. And you are keeping it for only you and your family. How will you feel? You feel bad. And that's what Paul is simply saying. He says, I feel bad that there are more Greeks, there are more barbarians out there who need to hear the gospel because I have been given the cure to give to them. And the lesson we also learn from it is that we must feel bad that people out there have not heard the gospel. 
we must feel bad that our friends and our loved ones have not held the gospel. That we are the only ones that are enjoying the kingdom and other people are out there who need to hear the gospel. Verse 14, 15. So as much as in me is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, he's saying, you know that he's writing the, the message to those that are at Rome, the saints that are there. And besides that, there are also people there who have not accepted the gospel. He's saying that those that are in Rome that have not accepted the gospel, he's willing to also preach the gospel to them as well so that they too can hear what? The message of God. Are we together? Can I let it come down? I think it has gone up. Verse 16. We are almost there. I 16. Okay. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed. Why? Why would Paul say, I am not ashamed of being a Christian? I'm not ashamed of being a, a man of God. It means that there are people that are ashamed of the gospel. Welcome. You are trying to do tiptoeing, but I've seen you. Paul is saying, I am not ashamed because people are ashamed. People are ashamed. Me, I've never been to a place that there was someone that was sick. And I didn't have a feeling to pray for them. Me, anywhere I am, and somebody say, Oh, I'm, I said, Do you want me to pray for you? even the car? Wherever I if I find an opportunity, me, I'm not I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I've never been ashamed of being a Christian. Even when I'm in a car and they are, they are insulting pastors, I've never been ashamed of it. Listen, Christianity must be insulted. Yes. They, 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 they killed all the apostles. They killed Paul. They crucified him. No, they cut off his head instead. They cut off Paul's head. And you, they are insulting you and you are shy of it. Are you with me? And they say, you know what, they are taking your money, they are stealing your money. All these people, they are thieves. And you are, you are shy of it. And you know that, are we taking your money? How about you? You, are we, are we stealing your money? You. So you shouldn't feel bad about it that um, people are saying, oh, pastors are criminals. And they are, you shouldn't feel bad about it. Are you with me? So Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of, God, of the gospel. I am not ashamed of preaching this gospel because, because, because he's about to tell us why. And he's, he's saying it because people are ashamed of preaching the gospel. People are ashamed of call, being called or suffer. When somebody's called, hey, we are suffering, mommy. say, hey, me, 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 You should be proud that you are not called bronzamba. Some people are called bronzamba. You should be proud that you are not called weenie. And they call you an osofo. You know that in church you are not doing anything in church. But they are calling you osofo. You should be happy. Jubilate. When I go to a place, I say, are you a man of God? I say, yes, I'm a man of God. I say, yes. I say, yes, I'm a man of God. I say, wow. Why is Paul saying, I'm not ashamed? The first one is because it is certainly true that some people were ashamed. And the second thing he said, he said, the reason why I'm not ashamed is that for, for answers to the question, why? Okay? For. Anytime you read, you see, for. The next one 
is about to explain why I am not afraid. He says that, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To Jew first and also to the Greeks. Do you see that? Why is Paul not afraid? Ashamed? It has power to set the captives free. He said the gospel has power to heal the sick. The gospel has power to raise the dead. The power of the gospel is this, that it, it gives salvation. Look, the power of the gospel is, is, is it raises the dead, I mean, physical people that are dead, it blind eyes see, and all of the, the, the number one proof of the power of the gospel is this, that a sinner who is a drunkard, a weed smoker, a man that could do nothing but for himself, suddenly hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from that day, he stops being that former man that he was. Are you with me? A good example is the same person who is writing this book, Paul. Just one hour ago, how many hours? One hour ago, the guy was on the road to Damascus to go and kill Christians. Then immediately, Jesus appeared to him and said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who is this Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. My God. Suddenly, he started trembling. There is an arise and go to this place and find out and, and contact a man called Ananias. I'll tell you more things. Then Ananias came and preached the gospel to him. The next day, Paul was in the synagogue doing Bible studies and asking questions. You mean that when Jesus rose again, he did it? He said, yeah. Are you serious? He said, yeah. He said, I'm going to preach. He said, Paul, won't you take your time? He said, no. Hey, I must preach. So much that the people that knew Paul were running away from him because they thought he was pretending. He said, no. And Paul is saying that this is the power of the gospel that it has the ability of turning a sinner into a righteous man. It's a good thing for you to clap. If you can clap, clap well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul is telling us. The power of God unto salvation. Power of God unto salvation. Next verse. For daring, the word daring means for inside it. <laughs> okay? For daring or inside it, notice that Paul has already said, when you are reading the Bible, don't call the verses. Okay? Don't, call the verse, don't let the verses deceive you. Are you with me? Like today, I posted on Facebook that the reason they killed Jesus is because he claimed to be God. Not because of envy, even though he said that Pontius Pilate. So one person went and picked a verse in Mark 15. Just and posted it there. That said, the, for Pontius Pilate saw that it was because of envy. I said, you have, you have taken the verse out of context. Why are you bringing only one verse? You should have brought the whole verse. This is Pilate thinking. Do you know that I can think that you are a thief when you are not a thief. The fact that the Bible said that like the fool has said in his heart there is no God. It doesn't mean there is no God. So you don't pick it out of context. Are you with me? 
So don't consider the verses at all when you are reading the Bible. Don't con- the verse is just there for you to know where the book is, the thing is. Paul is saying that the power of the gospel is this, that it has the ability of saving the sinner, the Jew first, and the Gentile. Okay? Or other versions say the Greek. They can just say the Greek. Then he says that for therein, is it for inside it is the righteousness of God revealed. He says that inside this gospel is the right, the goodness of God. Inside this gospel is the righteousness of God revealed unto who? From faith to faith. As it is written, what will happen? The just shall live by faith. This is the gospel. He says that God gives us righteousness by faith. He said we are saved by faith. We escape hell by faith. Verse 18. For the righteous, it does say righteousness. For the wrath of God is revealed. Do you see that? talks about the righteousness is of, of God. The righteousness of God is revealed. Do you see that? By faith. That's why you must have a hard copy Bible. You could have been aligning. In a previous verse, it says that the, right, the righteousness of God is revealed by what? By what? Oh, I want to get your response. By what? Again, the righteousness of God is revealed by what? I'm teaching a very powerful thing. He's saying we receive, because we are all sinners, receive righteousness by what? By faith. He goes on and says that. First of all, he says, the righteousness of God is revealed by faith. Again, he says that the wrath of God is revealed. I can't find it. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God had showed it unto them. One, Paul is saying that the righteousness of God is revealed by faith. The wrath of God is revealed by what? Ungodliness. He says that when we have faith, we receive what? Righteousness. When we walk in ungodliness, what do we receive? Wrath of God. Wrath of God. And you know what? The end of the wrath of God is to send sinners to hell. So Paul is preaching the gospel right there. He's saying that the wrath of God will take men to heaven. Um, the, the righteousness of God will take men to heaven. The wrath of God will push men to hell. He said why? He said the truth of God is revealed in them. They are aware of it that they are sinners. But they pretend like they are not sinners. Are you there? Where did we get to? Okay, let me just go a little bit, then we we I stop. Where I said twenty, right? Mm. Okay, twenty. For the invisible things, 
We can't understand this unless we read the previous one. So let's go back to the previous one. We can't understand the, this one, okay? So let's go back to the 19. Because that which may be known of God, he said what may be known of God, he's saying that the knowledge of God is manifest in them. Them. Who are the them? Ungodly men. Sinners. Who have not accepted the, the gospel. Do you see that? For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and God. So that they are without excuse. Paul is saying that creation declares the goodness of God. Paul is saying that the heavens declare the goodness of God. Paul is saying that all that is made and created is a sign that God exists and that they are sinners. So Paul without what? Without what? Excuse. They are without what? Excuse. In, on that day, when we stand before God, God will ask some people, he say, you, I hope you are aware that you are going to hear. He say, yeah, I, I agree that I am a sin. But on earth, they will pretend like, <laughs> I'm not. But he said, on, in, it, it, they are without, do you see that he's saying they are without excuse? Why? Because the invisible things of God are revealed by the things that are created. He said that the invisible God is revealed in visible things. That the fact that they're receiving this chair proves that God exists. Because who made this chair? We'll find out who made the chair, right? Who made the one who made the chair? Good. So he said the things that are created are signs that God exists. So they are without what? Excuse. Verse 12, 21. Because that when they knew, they knew God, they would glorify let me read it. Because that, when they knew God, they would glorify him not as God, neither were, were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. He's talking about, they were just intensifying their sins. They knew God, but they still sinned more and more and more. Professing themselves to be wise became fools. You know that people that are unbelievers, they think they are wiser than Christians. Only the sinner thinks he's wise. Every sinner seems like he's wiser. And Paul is saying that they trying to be wise are fools. Why are they fools? Hey, who is this? <laughs> wow. Hey, Charlie. This part. My God. My God. Wow. Pastor Kwale, you're welcome. Oi, you're welcome again. You have made me freeze. Have you ever walked up to a, a, a nice damsel before? And you want to talk to the nice damsel? And you find out that, Charlie, you, you're, all your words have finished. Oi, are you with me? I'll tell you one story one day. <laughs> Say one day. Verse 23. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts 
and creeping things. What he's saying is that the invisible God has revealed himself in creation. And these guys decided that they wouldn't serve him. They went and changed the face of God and they made graven images and they worshipped graven images. That's what Paul is saying. Then he said, wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the last of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And because of God, look, some people, God has given them up. Without the gospel, they are left to their own damnation. The only way, that's what people say, oh, um, why should Jesus be the only way? Paul is saying that if they don't choose Jesus, there is no other way. God will give them up. God will abandon them because if this is the way, and you say you won't take the way, then go. Are you with me? Let me tell you a story. When I was young, I'm about to tell you a story. Are you ready for the story? When I was young, when my mom cooks food and I say I won't eat, she said, if you won't eat, then go. I have to go to bed without food. Yes, I have to go to bed without food. They prepare food and they say, I mean, I mean, the When you have the then come. That's the way. So, this is exactly, but as time went on, she used to prepare two food, two food and three foods every day. So that master will not say, I don't want this one because me every, every moment in time, I don't want this one. Hey. <laughs> And this is what, and the Bible is clear that Jesus is the only way. So, if the gospel is preached and you say you won't accept it, there is no other way. So, what God has to do now is, must be what? To give you up to yourself. Kill yourself. Damn yourself. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. They are saying that, oh, why should Christ be? Hare Krishna can also be the, 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 um, the way. In China, they call a man Confucius. He said, Confu Confu he said go on. I've given the right way you don't want. You think I will, I will give you an alternative way? I won't give you an alternative way. You either choose the right way or have no way. Are you with me? It's like examination. You can't pass exam without writing the exam. And the Bible says that God is what? God is just. He's not a crooked man that you write exam and you say, I'll still pass you. That's unjust. So Paul is saying that. He did, he did what? He did what? He gave them up to uncleanness. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? They said God doesn't exist. They said God is the universe. Are you aware? They said God has many wives. <laughs> a whole lot of things. They changed the truth of God into a lie. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. Let's receive the choir to come and lead us to worship God.